0: But just to tell you a little bit about sort of where I'm coming from with this book, Um, honestly, um, you know, before I was a professional, before I was an adult, um, I was a little girl listening to my grandmother's stories about losing the family farm in the Dust Bowl. And I have to say that my grandmother was one of the most important people in my life. I really admired the deep connection that she had to land. I felt like it made her wise and grounded in ways that I really wanted to be. And also, uh, the stories that she told me about you know, losing her home and her family's livelihood so young um, and how traumatic that Dust Bowl experience was for her whole community, it really stuck with me. And I had this deep concern from a young age that we have an agriculture in this country that is fundamentally damaging. the environment, meaning not only, you know, water and air and soil, but actually the the fundamental basis of agriculture itself. So we have this dominant way of farming in the United States that's constantly undermining the possibility of farmers to to be secure on their land. And that really concerned me. And I've kind of gone through my whole life hungry um, to heal that extraction um, that my grandmother's family was part of and, and feeling a responsibility, knowing, you know, that that my great-grandfather overplowed those soils in western Nebraska, um, you know, as a settler colonist homesteader. Those are the instructions he was given by the government. And I've just always wanted to figure out a way to, to heal that damage. Um, and so fast forwarding um, to the last, you know, 12 years that I've been a writer and researcher focused on agroecology, um, you know, following that really influential time in the in the office of Senator John Tester, an organic farmer from Montana who I really admire, um, you know, I've, I've gotten to talk with a lot of farmers who are thinking about how to transition agriculture from being an environmental problem to being, you know, almost like an ecological restoration Activity, um, And specifically in the context of climate change, which is an environmental problem I and I think a lot of other people in my generation have been particularly concerned about. So, you know, we know that agriculture contributes something like a quarter to a third of global greenhouse gas emissions, closer to a third if you include the whole food system. But we also know, and, and I know you, Dr. Martin, know, you know, intimately about this, that uh, soil could be storing more carbon than it currently is. And so we think about yes. the history of agriculture in the US, we know that a lot of that soil carbon was lost to the atmosphere through practices like, you know, the overplowing that my great grandfather was involved in. And, you know, the, the silver lining is that a lot of that soil carbon could be drawn back down from the atmosphere through these regenerative practices using plants, you know, cover crops and compost and, uh, you know, using more perennial plants in agriculture. So, So I've been really excited about this whole idea of of agriculture as a regenerative practice. But I think, you know, the more I've thought about that and the more I've talked to people who are leaders in this arena – the clearer it's become to me that we need to think about why we have an agriculture that's fundamentally extractive and what the history of that is. And the history of agriculture being extractive is connected to a larger extractive economy and extractive society. And and the clearest word I know for that is, is colonialism and colonization. And so, The people who I see really leading on regenerative agriculture in a way that's really going to make a difference for problems like climate change, they're actually addressing that history of colonization and working to heal that extractive economy that stems from colonization such that we could even have the space to have an agriculture that's regenerative.